Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. It just keeps getting better and better every week, doesn't it? No, it doesn't, so... Um, Week three in our I Heart series, the first week we talked about I Heart Jesus, I Love Jesus, and we kind of came face to face with the reality that before we can really talk about how much we love Jesus and kind of take that into our life, we had to realize there's some things we love more than him. So uh, if you missed that message, go back and listen to it on our podcast or on Facebook. Um, last week we talked about we love our sweetheart. And the importance of communication in that relationship, that it's key in, in every area that you're dealing with in your relationships, communication. Today I want to talk about I heart the church, I love the church, and I understand this fact. It might feel like an infomercial for me to stand up here and tell you how much I love the church today. Because um, you might be thinking, well, of course you love the church because you get paid to do that and you work two hours a week. So of course you love that. It's not true, by the way. Um, you know, you might think of, yeah, Shannon, of course you love the church. Your job security is dependent on me loving the church. So, yeah, you're going you're gonna to really cheer that one on. But I have to say this. I was, a, I was an advertising major in college. And the more I got into that major, no offense to advertising people in here, by the way. Um, but the more I got into the major, I realized that if I got that degree and I went out into the real world and, and did that whole advertising thing, that I was going to be entering into an area where I was going to be promoting and pushing and working on um, selling stuff and, and, and doing that kind of thing about stuff that it didn't, didn't matter if I liked it, cared about it, agreed with it, liked, loved it at all. I was getting paid to do it and I would do it. And so I changed my major because I couldn't stand the idea of being in that kind of a position where I would have to go out and sell something that I didn't believe in. And, um, and that's kind of been true, so I switched my major, and, and that was true in my first career. I was a tennis pro instructor. That's what I did before I entered into the ministry, and I hope it's still true today that I have to be in a, in a career. I have to be doing something where people get it, where I can help share an idea or a thought, and people go, oh, okay. You know, whether that's, you know, switching your grip on your backhand or sharing the gospel of Jesus. I want people to go, oh, okay, it makes sense. Now I can work on that. I can, I can change that. I can, I can do this better. And so I know it might feel like an infomercial today, but when I say to you out loud, through a microphone, you know, on Facebook, I love the church, I really do. I really do, because it's within the church that I have found my purpose. It's within the church that I have, I have been encouraged in my faith. It's within the church that I have the, the best friendships and relationships that I ever, will ever have. Uh, I met my husband uh, through the church, um, the people that I call my best friends in the world are people I'm connected to through the church. And so when I say it, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying it because I'm supposed to. I really do love the church. And what I would like to share with you today is this idea, this concept of, of we, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, right, if you say, if you said yes to God because of Jesus, and you're saying, yes, I want to live into this life, I I understand that apart from God, that without Jesus, I'm, I'm lost, I'm, I'm separated from him. If you get that and you understand that, there needs, to be, there needs to be a love relationship with the church as well. And for a lot of us, we separate the two. 
And, and I want to get into that in a second, but before we do, I want to look at Scripture. There's a passage in Ephesians chapter 5, and um, it's this passage that you might think is talking about husbands and wives, and it kind of is, but really it's talking about Jesus and the church. It's really talking about that relationship, and the husbands and wives is kind of like a, a way to make an illustration, like make a point. And Paul, who wrote this passage in Ephesians, he's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's, saying, he's, he's telling these new believers in this new movement, the church, right? Because this is all brand new. It's not like they had been around forever. Um, this is all brand new. And he was writing to them, and he was trying to encourage them about their relationships in the church, about their connection, about their purpose as a body of believers, not just an individual, but as a body of believers. And so he writes this letter to them, and this is what he says, beginning in Ephesians 5, verse 25. He says this, so see, there's going to be this bounce back between husbands and wives and the church, and I want you to uh, see that, but I really want you to hear and listen to the part about the church. Okay, here's what it says. Husbands, love your wives. Always a good idea, guys, just by the way. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. See, there was a separation between God and man, and the only way that it was going to be rectified to, to be made whole was through Jesus Christ. Uh, he came to make her clean, to present her, as verse 27 says, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church. Made glorious not because they were awesome, but because of Jesus. Without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish, instead she will be holy and without fault. See, now we go back to, so that was Jesus in the church, and now you see the switch that Paul's making here, talking about relationships, so we kind of get it. And he says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Right? If you take care of your wife, it, it's, it's good for your relationship. It's good for you. For um, Verse 29, no one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it. And now it bounces back to the church here, ready? Just as Christ cares for the church. And we, this is very important. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is important. And we are members of his body. This is talking about Jesus. We're talking about the body of Christ. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So when I say I love the church, you might think to yourself, why? Why should we love the church? Why? Paul gives us a very good explanation, a very good answer to that question. Why should you love the church? Number one, because Jesus loved the church. He gave himself up. The cross is the, is the, the most vivid example you can have of, of Jesus loving the church. He gave himself for it. He, he made a way for us to be in relationship with God. I love the church, number one, because Jesus loved the church. And so listen. If you do, and I say this a lot, I know, you're going to get tired of hearing it. If you call yourself a Christ follower, and, if, and that means you follow Christ, and if Christ loved the church, then that means you should as well. That means you should love the church as well. Here's the deal, though. I, I don't know, I think it's because I, I came, um, became a, a Christian later in my uh, or adulthood, that I've never really struggled with this, but I've heard people say this. I've heard people that maybe grew up in the church and then kind of came away or have had bad fallings out within the church, but I've heard people say a statement something like this. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. 
I love Jesus, but I do not like the church. I don't like it at all. See, Jesus loved the church. And so if you're a Christ follower, then you follow his example, and he loved the church. Here's the deal. Saying you love Jesus but not the church is like me saying I love my husband, but I hate marriage. I mean, the mere fact that I call him my husband is because I'm married to him, right? It's not like I'm saying I love Drew. No, I love my husband. I love that I, that I am his wife and he is my husband. But to say I hate marriage, it, see, it just doesn't make sense, right? It's the same about us saying we love Jesus, then we also love the church. That doesn't mean marriage is always easy. That doesn't mean the church is always easy. That doesn't mean marriage is always perfect. That doesn't mean the church is always perfect in regard to all the imperfect people that make up the church. But Jesus perfected us he, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. We're presented to God. So when God looks on the church, he doesn't see the, the bunch of knuckleheads that we are. Right? He sees people who've said, I want to follow after Jesus, and I'm not supposed to do this by myself. I'm supposed to be doing with this in the body, this, this corporate idea. I think you understand, I think you're, hopefully you're tracking with me. When I say the church this morning, I don't mean uh, this worship service. I don't mean Valdosta First. I don't mean the United Methodist Church. I mean the capital C Church, those that gather to worship God, to praise Him, to grow in their faith. We happen to be part of that. We're, we're one part of that body today as we gather with, with hundreds and thousands, millions, of people, of churches who are meeting together today, of bodies who are meeting together. So, now remember what Paul was said. He used the image of a body when he was talking about the church. He used the image of a body. And so, he would say, Jesus being the head, if you say you love Jesus but not the church, that's like cutting off the head and saying, I just want this part but not the rest. Well, a body without a head is useless. And a head without a body is not going to get anywhere. And see, Jesus is the head, and we are the body. We are the, the functioning part of the body of Christ. So why do I love the church? Why should you love the church? The first reason is pretty simple, and Paul paints it for us in Ephesians 5. We love the church because Jesus loved the church, and we want to follow that example. Here's another reason that we should love the church, and it's this. I, I kind of mentioned a minute ago, because of the relationships that are given to us within the church, the relationships that are like family. So you have friends and people you know, and they're good friends, and you like them, and they're great. But I'm telling you, if you've ever taken the time to cultivate, to develop relationships within the church with other Christ followers, so it might not be within this particular First Methodist Church, but you might have close connection with other Christ followers. I'm telling you, those are the kind of relationships you want to have the rest of your life. Because when things are hard, when things are difficult, when, things are, when you get discouraged, when you're excited, when you want to celebrate, the people who are concerned about your soul and that, that are a fellow Christ follower along with you are the people that are going to be by your side in good and bad and thick and thin. They'll be there. So there's some people you might really like. There might be a friend or a coworker that's really funny. And you're like, I love that person. They're so funny. You know, but maybe that's the, that's the extent of your connection with them. So when your world's falling apart, maybe you don't need jokes, right? The, the relationships that are given to us within the church that, that are there, that are available to us for us to cultivate and develop are the best relationships you're ever going to have. I mean, I look out here upon this group of people, and, and I know a lot of you. 
and, and, and I know, and, and, and I, I kind of know, you know, some of you, I look at you, and I, I know, oh, yeah, I know you, and yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that was hard, you know, I know that was tough, and I remember that celebration, and that good time, right? And I know that the body of Christ, other followers of Christ, have been there to hold you and support you, and to walk alongside of you. Maybe even to help you take one step ahead when you didn't even know if your legs were going to work. See, so, so the reason we love the church is because Jesus loved the church. Another reason we love the church is because of the relationships God gives to us. Earlier this week, I asked um, some folks on Facebook, I said, hey, would you tell me some reasons you love the church? And, and I want to share with you um, what one of our, our folks said this week about loving the church. They said this, um, I love, and I was just alluding to this, I love that when I am weak, at times not even knowing what to pray or having the strength to pick myself up, there is the church. See, that's a relationship that that, that, that person would not have without that. My small group, Jessica mentioned that earlier, how important that is to both her and JD being in their small groups. My small group, the congregation, or other believers from other churches, see, because we're all part of the church, they surround me to stand in the gap for me. And listen, that's kind of, that might be a churchy word to you, the gap, or it might be the place where you buy cute clothes. But this is what this means by the gap, okay? And it's what I mentioned. There are those times when, when um, you just aren't able. You're, you're just not able. You don't know what to pray. You don't even know what scripture to go look up. You're, you're just, and, and so, another follower of Christ, someone who is in relationship with you, that loves you, that is concerned for your soul, says, I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray with you through this. I know you can't pray right now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be there. You keep, on, you keep on crying. Do it. I'm going to pray. I know you don't have any words right now. I'm with you. We stand in the gap for each other because we're concerned for one another's souls. So these relationships are so important. Another person said this uh, about the relationships in the church. This is from a military person. I love that no matter what country I've been in, See, this is the universal church, right? We're talking about the big capital C. I can find community in the body of Christ. The first place we go to find a place in, in a new location is the church. It is where, listen to this, it is where our deepest relationships are found. And those relationships are given to us. See, we love the church because Jesus loved the church. We should love the church because of the relationships that are there that are available to us. And maybe you haven't been, been um, I, I didn't want taking advantage of, I don't mean that, but maybe you've overlooked that, um, the, that connection that is available, but they're there. Here's another reason we love the church. It's just because of the impact that we can have on the community as a body of believers. Because there are things that we can do. You might hear me say this a lot whenever we pray uh, for the offering at the end of the service. I'll say something like, God, we thank you that, that, that by my giving, I'm able to be a part of something so much bigger that if I tried to keep it for myself, even to do good. Like if I just took like the offering that Drew and I make every month, the first of the month we do the automatic thing and it goes. If we just took that amount and we tried to do our own thing, it'd be nice. You know, we could pick a place, we could pick a group, we could pick a, a cause, we could pick something like that. And it would be nice, right? And then you get the little thing and you can write it off, you know, and whenever the taxes come around. Okay, that's great. But when we collectively say we want to work together, and I'm not just talking about the offering, but like, you know, back in October when Hurricane Matthew and we had all these evacuees here, 
Listen, if I was the only one here and I opened up the church and I said, hey, come on in, every, all you people and your pets, it would have been a complete disaster, right? But it was the body of Christ that stepped up. It was the body that came and, 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 and provided and supplied and was present and was here and prayed with people and, and ministered with them. See, so it's about the impact. One of the reasons I love the church is because I get to be a part of something so much bigger than I could ever try on my own. So this is the opportunity we have. Is, and, and here's the thing about this, the, about the church and, and, um, and what it can do. Because see, there are, there's tons of groups out there that do good things, right? They're not, nece- they're not necessarily religious. They're not necessarily tied to anything about Jesus. But they do some good stuff, right? And they might be trying to cure a disease or, or uh, solve a problem, you know, hunger, um, that kind of stuff. And they're great. They do a good thing. But it's kind of like a silo. It's its own thing doing its one, you know, laser focus in on one thing. But see, when we get to be a part of the church, we get to go into every area of the world and, and we're not restricted by a single vision, right? When you get to be part of the, the church, then, then think about this. Wherever you end up going is where the church is. If you're a follower of Christ, so I love the fact that we get to be part of this. Now, here's the deal. As I was, even as I was preparing this message, I have to confess to you, I was kind of underwhelmed. <laughs> and not, not with my, I mean, I was like, yeah, I know, I believe in this. I am, I love the church, not lying to you right now. But I wasn't like, woo! I was like, yeah, I love the church. And so I was thinking, okay, if this is what I'm thinking, is there a chance that there's gonna be people sitting out there going, okay, great, yeah, the church is good. Yeah, it's been given to us, wonderful. But maybe there's a chance you're kind of unenthused about this. Maybe there's a chance you're kind of like, ah, this really is, you know, take it or leave it when lunch, you know? I mean, yeah, we read scripture, and I know it's true, and yay, and but... And here's why. Here's why I think I was feeling that way, and here's why there's a chance you might be feeling that way. There's this concept that came out in the early 90s. Uh, by a sociologist came up with it, and it's this term called third space, a third space. And the idea is that your first space is home, and your second space is work, or if you're like a student, that would be your school life, right? First space, home. Second space, work or school. And then your third space was everything else you did. And the sociologist was saying that every, inside every person, there's this desire for a third space, right? So there's, it's the stuff you're interested in. It's the stuff you're passionate about. It's stuff you want to go to and be a part of. It's the place you go away from work. It's the place you go away from home, and you share like uh, ideas or like interests there, right? So it might be um, a third space might be, uh, well, it's not so much anymore, especially not in like the South, but like, have you ever watched the TV show Cheers? That was totally third space for the people in that show. They hung out in a bar. That was their third space. They got off work. They went to the bar. There's people that are at the gym. Like they are just all about, they just want to be healthy. They want to be in shape. And so their, their first space is home, and their second space is their work, and then their third space is gym, and so they're there. And, and there's all these other things that could be that third space. You know, you could be, um, you know, really into uh, a civic organization or, you know, a, a team, like a sport, um, outdoor stuff, you know. You could be really into music, and that's your third space. Now, Here's the thing. This is why I'm trying to answer a question that maybe you maybe or maybe not posed. I posed it, so I'm going to answer it. Um, why are we unenthused about this concept of church and how important it is? 
because this sociologist, he tried to put church into third space. He tried to say, so you've got your home life, you've got your work or school life, and then there's church. And within that third space, it's almost like this just, just shelves and shelves and shelves, and you can put a lot of different things because we have a lot of different interests. There's a lot of things we like. Okay, so at the top of that, if you're the gym rat, then that's number one. But so, okay, you're also a Christian, but if, 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 if church is, is a third space, then it, where does it fall? Way down there. You know, what are the things that you've put above that? You know, we talked about this in the first week that we put above Jesus. You know, maybe we've, I disagree with a sociologist because he put church in the third space. But I think he was kind of right because when we talk about the church, that's kind of our reaction. Yeah, whatever. The church is the place where we are present. Here's what I want, and I just said it a minute ago, but I want to say it again because I want you to hear this. Why should we love the church? What is the power behind the church? Jesus loved it. He gave his life for it. He gives us these amazing relationships for people to walk alongside of us and support us and care for us and celebrate with us. He gives us purpose, like collective purpose that we're not just doing on our own, but together we're saying we want to change the world for the sake of God's kingdom. And it's not a third space. See, folks, if you are a follower of Christ, if you're a Christ follower... If, if, you, if you know that Jesus is the one who has come in and saved your life, listen to this. Wherever you are, there is the church. Wherever you are. So if you're at home, there's the church. If you're at work, there's the church. If you're at school, there's the church. If you're at the gym, there's the church. If you're at Rotary, there's the church. Okay, it, Whatever you, you're passionate about and you love and you want to be a part of, if you are a follower of Christ, wherever you are, there is the church. It's not a third space. It's, it's the place. It's the church. It's there. And for too many of us, we have unknowingly just kind of set it over there on the side. And I'm about to say something to you, and I say this with uh, care, and I say this with concern. You might feel it as conviction. I don't mean it as such. I'm saying it with care and concern. But there's a chance there's a chance it might hurt a little bit, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you, if your family, if you have um, unknowingly or maybe willingly made church a third space, it's not really going on in your house, it's not really evident at work, it's not really going on at school, and if you have put church in a third space, I'm, I'm imploring you to make adjustments immediately because you are missing out on the full life that God wants us to have in relationship with him and with other people. We were never meant to be a third space. We were never meant to be over to the side. The church, the church, it's alive. It's a living organism. I mean, we are the continuation of Jesus to the world because he's not here anymore. He, he did, he, I love, you know, when he said, and it, it kind of boggles the mind a little bit when he talks about 
when he, when he came, when he had, we had risen again and he reappeared to the disciples and he's like, I've got to go. I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending one who's going to help make sense of all this. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And since then, folks, you and I are the embodiment, the physical embodiment of Christ's promise to the world. Redemption, hope, life. So wherever you find yourself, there is the church. So we love the church. We should love the church because Jesus loved it. And we should love the church because of the, the wonderful relationships that we get to be a part of that are, that are affirming, that help us, that, that might hold us accountable. And we love the church because we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And this is what it looks like. Um... Think about this. No other group of people in history, in history, no other group, no other movement, no other organization, no other collective group of people across countries, across continents or cultures or even centuries, no other group group of people have been able to meet together longer than the people who say, we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. We belong to Christ, we represent Christ, we do the work of Christ in the world. And you get to be a part of that. That, um, you know, the letter that Paul wrote to that church in Ephesus, you know, they are, they were the beginning. And here we are, centuries later, and we're meeting together. And we're trying to understand this thing. And we, we're all part of the same story. It's huge, it's amazing, it's big. You know, uh, yesterday, a lot of you got to, were a part of it, but we celebrated the marriage of Emily Powell and Chris Reeves. Emily is our middle school director. You see her there, and there's Chris. And, um, I mean, I was looking around, and the church, the church came and celebrated their wedding yesterday. Chris and Emily met in the church. Chris and Emily served together in the church and then somewhere along the way, they said, hey, I kind of like you, and I kind of like you. And that happened in the church. We get to celebrate that together. We get to celebrate. They made a covenant with one another yesterday. <clears throat> Folks, when you and I say yes to God because of Jesus... We make a covenant with him, but it's not just with him. When I said yes to God through Jesus Christ, even though I hadn't met you all yet, I was making a covenant with you because we are the church. And if you've said yes to God because of Jesus Christ, you understand what that life means and the promise and the hope that comes with that, then when you said yes to him, you were actually saying yes to me and some of these other people sitting around you you might not even know. We are the church. And I sure do love it, as imperfect as it may be, because it's what we have. It's what God's given us. And I want to do my part. And my prayer is that you will want to do your part as the church. And that wherever you find yourself, the rest of today, tomorrow, in the coming week, that you remember, that you realize, that you walk out this truth that wherever you are, if you're a Christ follower, there is the church. 
You know, you may find yourself sometimes in situations going, why isn't that person, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they understanding? You know, it's, their life is such a mess, but I don't understand. You know what? Because Maybe because you as the church haven't really been present for that person the way God intended for you to be. Maybe, maybe you have, God has been putting you in situations and places and circumstances and, and, and you are the church in that moment, in that, in that situation, and you haven't realized it. Because maybe you have, like a lot of people, have unknowingly kind of put it over there in the third space. Hey, I'll get to that on Sunday. No, 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 no. Today's just a celebration of the fact that we are the church. And we should love it. Because, I mean, why are we, if we're going to be it, shouldn't we at least love it? Shouldn't we enjoy it? I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 5 to you one more time. In light of what we talked about, in light of the church, I want you to see what Christ has done for it. Let's hear it together again. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Would you pray with me? Father, my prayer in, in, in setting this up, you know it, you've heard me pray it, has been that we would just um, comprehend, understand um, that we are not... Lone Rangers, we're not supposed to do this, this, this uh, Christian life, this Christian journey on our own. That we are part of something bigger than that. Lord, would you forgive me and, and, and those gathered here who have made church just about a location and just about a, a time limit and we have failed to be the church and, and take the church with us wherever we are. God, would you help us this week to see that, to be motivated, to be present for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. And God, for those today who heard me say several, several times about being a follower of Jesus and they haven't yet made that step, they haven't yet stepped over that line, they're not certain if they've said yes to God, that, they're, not, that they're, they're wondering about this forgiveness of sin and what that really looks like. And, and, and they're saying right now, I want to do that. I don't have to have it figured out, but I want to start to make that step. God, I, I ask that you would hear this prayer, that they would pray, Lord, take my life. Thank you that you forgive my sins, even though I, I still don't fully understand that, but I'm beginning that process. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a part of the church. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.